You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast with Alexis Roberts, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. Today, I'm here with Lauren, and we are going to be talking all about how to become a registered dietitian and just what it takes, education and volunteering and things like that. So why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself and give people a background of like who you are, where you come from, and things like that. Well, what's up, guys? I'm Lauren Perrone. I'm from Rockaway Beach, New York. That's in the five boroughs in New York City. Um, I started off with a degree in business from Towson University, and I really just was not connecting to the field whatsoever. And I always had an interest in exercise, so I started long-distance running, Um, It became a huge hobby of mine, and I wasn't sure how to fuel my body as I was running and getting through these really long-distance type of runs. So I started going online and doing research on my own and got really addicted to, like, what nutrition is. And I said, you know what? I need to make a career out of this. So I registered to go to a CUNY school, a community college, um, and start my nutrition and dietetics degree. I just graduated in May, and I will be a Sodexo dietetic intern starting in September, which I'm really excited about. It's a really long process, but it's totally worth it if you are passionate about this field and you have a very strong interest in the topic. So, Right. I love that. I didn't realize that you got into long distance running. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's how you got into nutrition aspect, because like I love running as well, and I get lots of questions from everyone about running. So maybe we can go into detail about that another time or something. Cause yes. people literally getting into running. That's one thing that everyone's just like, how do you do it? I hate it. Like, how do you make yourself do it? And I was like, trust me, I don't love it all the time yeah. either. Like it's definitely not a natural thing to love. <laughs> like you've got to, you have to, yeah, you have to totally love it and be passionate about it because otherwise if you don't, it just feels like a hard. chore. Yep. You, it just really feels like something that's like bugging you all day. Like, should I go for the run? Yep. Should I not? <laughs> and then that's, that's when it's not even fun. It makes working out like, blech, like you don't want to yeah. do it. So I've definitely strayed away from it. I developed like way too many injuries from it. Just so everyone knows I don't really do it anymore. <laughs> I've developed other you know, ways to exercise, but that's a whole other. Definitely hard on the knees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're just basically going to touch on the main topics that you have to hit on to become a registered dietitian. And so like the steps, so to say. So first, like we said, we have to have a four years bachelor's degree. So you told them that you went and got your business degree, but then you also went back and got your second bachelor's degree. And what was your program like for that? second one that you got that was more science? Yeah. So I, I technically have a bachelor's degree in science. Business is like a social science, but I right. didn't have any of the prerequisite science courses that are required to be um, in a dietetic program. So I spent three years at Queens College because I had prereqs in terms of like, you know, gen ed courses. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it took me about three years. I took my time. I was working as well. So that's like really important. You want to be able to balance like work and volunteer experience as well as school and maintain a high GPA because of internship application. So it's a huge change from just being a student, living college life to suddenly working, volunteering, getting good grades and trying to do it all at once. Right, you know? right. That was kind of the same thing with me. I originally went into undergrad as a nursing major 
And I thought I wanted to be a nurse until after the second semester of freshman year, I took pathology and I was just like, nope, that's not what I want to do. I don't, I don't want to learn how medicine reacts inside the body and all that stuff. And I got really into nutrition. And so I turned into the, like the let food be thy medicine sort of route. And I didn't like decide that I actually wanted to be a registered dietitian until my junior year of college. So I have a degree in um, bachelor's of arts in psychology and a bachelor's of science in exercise science. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do with the both of those until towards the end of my junior year, I was like, okay, I'm going to bring them together, just get my master's in nutrition. And we're going to have like this little triangle of all the different health, like more natural sources of health, I guess, like when it comes to the mind and physical activity and stuff. So that's how I kind of got into it. But I did have all of like the biochems, the chemistries, the Mm -hmm. organic chemistries, the anatomy and physiology and things, because I had to have that along with my exercise science degree in undergrad. So going into my master's and having to get those courses, which we'll go into a little bit of DPD courses in a second here, Mm -hmm. but going into my master's, I did have all of those prereqs and stuff. So when I was, I was able to jump right into those specific nutrition classes, like you were saying that you're having to get prerequisites for. Right. I think it's really cool too with nutrition and having a nutrition degree, you could take it to so many different places. Oh my gosh. You could utilize nutrition in so many areas. So if you are someone who is debating to get a dietetics degree or nutrition and dietetics degree and you have a previous bachelor's, like go do it. You can utilize whatever you had prior. Like I never thought business would help me right now, but it is like it's going to, you know, and you can Mm -hmm. always utilize skills that you gain from other areas of education to use in your future as a registered dietitian. Oh, for sure. And I think we should touch on that a little bit. Um, People are always asking me, like, what do you do with this degree? Like, what can you do? What are your Mm -hmm. different options and stuff? So I know we've talked before and we're both very interested in sports nutrition and working with sports teams and athletes and stuff, but there's so many more that you can do that. You can work in hospitals, you can work in um, schools, you can work mm-hmm. in nursing homes. You like it's there's such a broad spectrum of what you can do with these degrees. Um, totally endless. I know this is just an example of showing how like two random degrees can come together as one. Right. Um, I had a professor tell me that they had a student that loved music and they developed their own business where they utilize music therapy and nutrition therapy to like help people. Oh my gosh, people I love who like that. really love music. Yeah. And then they can utilize nutrition in this the same time or the same way and they made a business out of it so that's very freeing that you can take whatever you want to do with it and make your own business out of it yeah and that's like the two most random polar opposite things that you could probably bring together and that's that's so cool that someone's just like this is what this is what I want to do so I'm going to make it happen and so yes you have to have the background in this specific requirements and stuff, but you can really do whatever you want with it. Once you, once you have what you need, you can just take it and run pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, and then also we, as we said, like we have to have the four year bachelor degree, right? Starting in 2024, you're also going to have to have a two years master's degree, which is what I'm in now currently. And you just started, right? I just started like a week ago. I was about to say, and it's very recent. But you could get grandfathered in if you don't have a master's right now and you're becoming a dietitian, you don't need it right now. But I think it's important. I wasn't going to do it because I just have so much, you know, going on and I have two degrees already. Like who wants to keep going to school? But a (laughs) master's, a master's is way more about your passions and like what you enjoy. It's not about getting 
you know, straight A's. It's about really learning and like, exactly, you know, making your own experience. But I thought it was important because to be competitive in the field, if everyone's going to have a, a master's degree in 2024, like what use am I, unless I have one, you know? So right. I really wanted to choose a specialty, something that I love, something I'm willing to continue education on and move right. along. <laughs> and I think that same for me, like it's super narrow focus and goes very into detail about what you're actually passionate about rather than in some undergraduate courses, they're very broad. Like you don't get as much detail and stuff. So you're really learning more detail, not only like bettering yourself, but like you're going to be able to better help your clients in the future because you know, just even more detail than you would have in the first place, even though with the dietetic internship and everything, like your hands on and working like 24 seven with all of that. Um, but yeah, so going into the specific courses, I think we should just like kind of touch on because it is yeah. so science heavy and I don't think a lot of people realize how science-based this career path is. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I know for my program, at least some of the programs vary. Um, we've discussed a little bit about that, how yours is a little different than mine is. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our prerequisites, it was all the biochemistries, chemistries, biologies, uh, anatomy one and two, anatomy one and two, um, organic chemistry. Mm -hmm. Uh, what else? (laughs) It's so crazy that you're listing it like that because I've spoken to nurses who haven't even taken that many science courses in orgo and basic chem and biochem. They're like, what you had to take that in anatomy one and two. I'm like, we have to know the human body. Yep. Like registered dietitians have to be able to like Yeah, to be able to speak with physicians and nurses and nurse practitioners and PAs about what's going on with their patients. So like you need to be as advanced as they are. Exactly. To to a certain extent. (laughs) And we also have to be so not only just the science part of it, but like the ethics and the global community and public health part of it as well. Because it's not all just like, yes, it's so science-based, but we also have to know what's going on in the world is like, especially right now with all this like COVID-19 stuff, it's like when pandemics pop up, it's not only like we're also considered a necessity during this time of what's happening in the world. Like we're not typical healthcare, healthcare, but we are, we are a form of healthcare. We're part of a interdisciplinary team. Yep. which includes dietitians. We might be at the bottom somewhere, but like we're totally <laughs> we're still included. There. <laughs> during COVID-19, like I've worked in a hospital for a couple of years and I just recently resigned, but during the pandemic I was working and the dietitians were going crazy. They're the ones who write up two feeding orders. They're right. the ones who are, you know, telling the nurses how much energy someone needs from a supplement. So they were getting a lot of consults on that. They were working like crazy it was hectic. Like just because they didn't get a nursing degree, they're still very much a part of patient care. Oh, very much so. Exactly. Okay. Yes. I I think that's, and that was one of the um, DPD courses in my programs that I have yet to take. I'm taking it in the fall actually. So starting in August, it's called professional issues in dietetics and nutrition. So that Mm. would probably go into what's happening right now and just ways to handle it and stuff. So it's not all like it's the classes are setting you up for real life experiences in, in this program. It's not just textbook because if you went textbook with our field, you'd never be able to succeed because not everybody is different. Right. Right. Everybody, not everybody's the same. Everybody is different. Like, so some person might need this, some person might need this and you can't just go based off a textbook for everything. And that's what majority of healthcare stuff. Like if you try to just go textbook with everything, just going to go downhill (laughs) real fast. 
I think that just goes hand in hand with like, you have to take everyone on as if they're totally new slate. Like you can't just reference another person and like, be like, oh, I could, you know, give them the same meal plan or I can give them the same, you know, calorie needs or whatever it may be. Exactly. Everyone comes individually and not one size fits all. And another thing I want to touch on too with like the DPD courses is cultural background. We have to learn about every culture and we have to acknowledge every culture and take into consideration that, you know, people have beliefs and that goes with food and you have to know it and you have to help them, you know, get their nutrition based on what they believe as well. Exactly. Because you can't go go back or pressure them into doing something that you think is medically correct or anything like that, but it, it crosses their belief values and stuff. And it's like, right. we want to make sure we make our clients as comfortable as possible in our offices and mm-hmm. you're there to help them. They're coming to you. To, you've got to help them. So yeah, that's a huge thing of like having to learn different cultures and religions and just things like that, that have so many different dietary guidelines, I guess you could say, because there are a lot more than you really think of. Cause I didn't even realize it until getting into classes with that. I was like, wow, I never even thought of all this being like something I need to know. Yeah. And it's great to be educated just in general, you know, oh, 100%. you're going to encounter all walks of life, you know, whether you work in a hospital or a food service industry or, you know, in a long-term care facility or even in a private practice, you never know who's walking into your office and you want to approach them as if you're knowledgeable on their religion, their topic, their beliefs, their values, exactly. and, you know, respect them. You want them to feel comfortable. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, that was um, going from the DPT courses and everything. You would get those in with your bachelor's degrees or with your master's degree as I'm getting them now because I didn't get them before um, with my bachelor's degree. But after all of that, when you're done with school, you graduate and you have your degrees, we're not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. We're never done. Let's be honest. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, we're definitely not done yet. But before we can go on to take the RD exam, we have to do this thing called dietetic internship, which you're starting in September and I actually start applying in the fall. So I'll be one year behind you. Okay. Uh, So it's 1200 hours and- Let's just like kind of, since you know what program you're going into now, let's just kind of discuss how you're, if you have an idea of like how it's going to be set up and what you're going to be focusing on and stuff. So first off, we got deducted from hours because of COVID. So for my program, we are only doing a thousand hours, which is like bittersweet for me. I, I like want to continue to learn and get whatever I can out of it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to start my career already. (laughs) Exactly. I I feel that. (laughs) Yeah. But um, just a little bit about Sodexo. So I worked for a hospital that was a Sodexo account. So Sodexo is a food service company that hires registered dietitians and food service employees and sticks them in their account. So like if Sodexo hired me, they could send me to my hospital as one of their accounts and I would be a Sodexo employee and not the hospital's employee. Gotcha. So basically with Sodexo, it's pretty standard. Every dietetic internship, you are required to do clinical hours, food service hours, and community hours. But one thing that's really cool about my internship is it's extremely flexible and you can tailor the program to your interests. So I came into it telling them, you know, I have a clinical background, but I love sports and fitness. If there's any way we could throw in some hours and I can do 
what I like to do and learn more about that, right. um, that would be great. And my directors are just like really transparent with me and telling me, you know, we could squeeze it in here, here and here, and you'll have this many hours to play around with. So I'm excited that it's flexible because some internships are based on either clinical or food service. They have specialties or themes right. or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, Another thing that's really important to mention, if you're, if you want to become a registered dietitian, you have to be prepared financially because this internship is unpaid and oh, you yeah. pay tuition for it. It's insane. It's just but, like going to school for another year. Yeah. Paying yeah, tuition totally. and stuff. Yeah. And you're learning so much, you get a ton out of it and you make the experience what you want to make out of it, but it is a financial responsibility and you have to know that going in. Um, so just so it's not a shock if anyone's thinking about becoming a dietitian. Right. Um, some other things that I think the application process is really important to talk about. I don't know if you have any info on that. I could go into it, but if you no, have anything, you go in. into it as much as possible. Cause you probably help me out here because I was, I'm starting this. Yeah. Very soon. yeah. So the application process is super important picking out programs that you think you'll match to. That's another thing. It's a matching process. Right. Um, is really, really important. So you need to take into consideration what your GPA is, what your science GPA is, and your DPD course GPA. Right. They also look at experience, which you need. You need to show um, directors that you put yourself into the field, that you went right into the field, worked with registered dietitians, have gotten experience because you're going into that internship and they're thinking you know a ton already. Yeah. Like they can't, they expect a lot out of you when you get in there and you want to be able to show them, like I've learned a lot in my volunteer work, in my employment, whatever you decided to do. And either one is okay. You don't have to have a job in the field, but it's ideal. Right. So one of the jobs, like I became a dietary technician, it's basically an assistant to a registered dietitian in a hospital setting or long-term care facility setting. And you basically meal plan for patients. Mm-hmm. So that is great experience because it's a lot of medical nutrition therapy. You have to know diet orders, things like that. Um, but it's great because when you go into an interview for your dietetic internship, you have a ton to talk about. Right. You, and you sound like you know what you're talking Like you do know what you're talking yeah. about versus some people. Yeah. Like, yeah. You want to like highlight your experience and show them that you are the best candidate. Like show your personality. They love people who can communicate with others and talk to others because part of your job is communicating with patients or clients, whoever you're counseling. So be personable, be friendly, be smiley, you know, you just show who you are and maybe they'll connect with you and hopefully pick you. But there is a matching process. It doesn't always work out the way you want, but the key is to get matched and be smart about who you are choosing. Don't pick a school that's, you know, wants a 4.0 GPA or a program that wants a 4.0 GPA and you have a 3.0. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's not all about GPA. Definitely not. They want to see a whole like rounded person um, or candidate. But at the same time, you want to be reasonable because you want to get matched. It's it's very important and it's very selective. Yeah. That's that's another thing I was going to ask about your program. How many people are in it? Because I know some of them can range from like 40 people. Some of them can have like six. So it ranges on the program, but how many people and how competitive and stuff. So New York in general is super competitive. Like the programs, yeah, the programs out here are just 
crazy. They take about like six to eight people. Mine, I think they told us in the, um, in the orientation that they were going to take maybe 10 to 12 for our region. But I think there's only about like eight interns. Right. So it's very, very selective, but there's really no method to the madness. You just have to do your best in, in every area that they're looking for. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But have you thought about like any programs you're looking yeah. into? So I, I have a list of where I am thinking about and looking into and stuff. Cause I know I need to do tours and like talk to yeah. kind of the programs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I just need to narrow it down. Cause it's not only if like, if I can get in there, it's a matter of like, if that's the best fit for me personally as well. Yeah. Um, so I have a list. You're of picking things. them too. Yeah, exactly. You, you have a choice as well. So exactly. So I have a list that I'm hoping to stay in the Carolinas, like in North or South Carolina. Um, so those are the programs I've really been like diving deep in and doing research on and like, figuring out like what their focus is and how long mm-hmm. their programs are and how many people they're taking and things like that. Cause I'm looking at some of the ones I have listed and some of them take 40, some of them take 25, some take 12, some take six. So it just like depends. <laughs> when you're applying something important to do is apply to multiple programs. Oh, you yeah. don't want to be like, Oh, I love these two and you don't get matched to either. So it's right. good to have a range. If, if you apply to a program that takes eight, do two of those and then apply to two other programs that take a hundred. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, increase your chances of just getting matched. Getting matched because they're like, if you don't get matched, you have to wait an entire year for the next match day. And it's like, right. that just sets you back a whole. And I don't think a lot of people realize that about dietetic internships. It's, it's kind of like medical school. Like there's a match day, like one day everyone mm-hmm. figures out where they're going. It's not like, Oh, you were accepted to this place, this place and this place now choose. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you go where you're matched or, or you don't. So that's just it's like- important too to like prepare. So like the programs want to see who came to their orientation. They'll only invite you to an interview usually if you went to orientation. So right. get there. <laughs> right. Make it happen. <laughs> um, right. Exactly. And then on the interview day, you want to be really prepared. You can Google a list of questions. There's like a website. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure we can find it on Google. It's like a hundred questions you could be asked at a dietetic interview. And it's just basic just- personality questions, work experience questions, and like just overall like M&T. Right. Um, so that's like something to really think about too, because it's not over. Like, right. you know, you, you apply, but you still have to go to an interview. You still have to like rank your matches. It's, it's a long yep. process. Yeah. And for, <laughs> for those of you listening, that I heard her say MNT, that's medical nutrition. Um, and I do know a couple of the programs that I have looked into actually require an MNT test on interview day. So wow. I, yeah, that's one thing that I've had to like because of people in my program that have applied that like graduated this year, they're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. What's it? Cause that in USC is what I'm talking about in Charleston. They're like, yeah, you had to do a MNT test like during the interview, like right before you went in, like you took the test and then went to an interview. And I was like, okay, glad to, glad to, uh, not to me because like I would be so thrown <laughs> off if I showed up for an interview and then had to take a test all of a sudden. I was like, Oh my gosh. I heard of one program that did like a case study. They gave you an okay, example yeah. of a possible patient and you basically just had to say what you would do to help them. And right. like, if there was no one right answer, it was just like to see your thought process, you know, nothing yeah. to like scare you just to see where yeah. your head's at. And that's <laughs> one thing too about those kinds of things. Like we're never going to be in a situation with a client or something where you can't 
go back and look at notes or look something up that you have in like your previous files or something. You're never going to have to pull something yeah. just like from thin air and like come up with. Yeah. So I get what they're doing with like the whole, let's see how your brain works. So yeah. focusing on being like hundred percent correct, I feel like isn't the, the main purpose of that. They're just trying to see your thought process and how you would handle certain situations. Right. And they want to see that you have evidence. Everything requires evidence. You exactly. need scientific, you know, facts to back up whatever recommendation that you make in a hospital setting or wherever you're working and you're right. telling someone to do something nutritionally or medically nutritionally, yeah. you need scientific evidence to back up what you said. So Exactly. It's always good we have that on our <laughs> side, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, and then, so going on to after this whole dietetic internship that takes some people from around like eight months to a year or so to complete, um, just depending on how many hours they work in a week or and their, what their program is pretty much. Cause I know some programs have it set up to where like, here's your schedule. This is what your next year is going to look like. And mm -hmm. some programs are like pick and choose. You can try to like make your own, so to say, especially distant programs. They do that as well. So yeah. there are distant programs. I want to mention that for people listening as well that think, oh, I want to do a program that is out in California, but I live in North Carolina and I, but I don't want to move all the way up California because it's expensive to live there. You mm -hmm. can still do programs online, but you're responsible for finding your own rotations at hospitals, which can tend to take a lot longer because most of the time hospitals are already partnered with the university and other people are part of that program already have first come first serve to those rotations. Right. I want to throw in there, Sodexo, the one that I'm doing, actually is a distance program. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's broken up into regions. So my region is region three. We're New York City. We're the five boroughs, like right. plus Long Island. Mm -hmm. But there's other regions. There's like Florida. There's the South. You know, there's, there's a bunch of regions. There's California and they're broken up. But I wouldn't technically say for me it's distance because I live here. So right. <laughs> I didn't even think about it, honestly. But yeah, you could come from wherever and you can do it here. And you only have to find your community rotation with mine. They find cool. okay. your clinical and your food service for you. That's good. And there's a lot of flexibility with like weekly hours. So you can either do like, um, I think it, what is it? It's a 40 hour week with like five days or you could do four days a week, whatever you choose. Yeah. That would make just it easier your personal job or something like that because I mean everyone's life is different so right yeah so I had one friend that I interned with last summer she was just finishing up her dietetic internship and she was starting to train at the place I was interning mm -hmm. um, because she was going to be working there when she finished her program and passed her RD exam and everything and she was responsible for finding all of her rotations and it actually took her almost two years to finish her hours because it took her so long to get into hospitals and stuff. So I was just like, um, so that's completely turned me off from like wanting to find my yeah. own rotations. I'm like, I just need to find a program that can like put me into my own rotations and like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's already that. stressful. You don't exactly. want to add any more stress. I promise. It's just not something you want to do to yourself when you're, exactly. you know, finishing up your DPD program and getting all your application stuff together and exactly. suddenly you need to find rotations. <laughs> that's you don't want to do back that. to like interviews and stuff. She said she didn't realize that she was going to have to do that. So it's like when going into your interview and talking about that kind of stuff, ask those kinds of questions and like, make sure you mm -hmm. get like the detail of like what their program's actually like, if you will be having to do those things. And I'm sure that like internship, uh, preceptors and stuff, they are 
they will most likely like it for you to be interested in their program just as much as they're interested in you. So go in with those questions. Definitely. I remember on my interview for Sodexo, I asked them how they would prepare me for the RD exam because at the end of the day, this is what they're prepping you for, right? right? Exactly. So I really wanted to know, I was like, so what makes your program different in comparison to others that you're going to prep me for this exam and make sure I pass on the first try? (laughs) Right. I think that's a great question because you're questioning them to make sure that you're a good fit there rather than you just trying to get in. Yeah. And I think that makes them value you. Exactly. They, that makes Definitely. you value you even more. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad they picked me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And so then after the internship, you go and you take an RD exam. So this exam is a lot of people, I relate it a lot back to like the NCLEX for nurses. Like that's yeah. pretty much, but it's for dietitians and it's just mm-hmm. a, full wide state exam. And I'm not hundred percent sure on this. Um, I know you have to obtain licensure in the state that you're living and practicing in or something. Yeah. Do they cross over into other states or? That's a great question. I don't know. I'm sure some states are more lenient than others. Like it might be easier to cross over. Like like maybe in the West coast. Yeah. 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 New York, I know is very difficult. Like with any licensing exam, like it's strictly you're here in New York and that's it. Right. So say say you take, when you finish your internship and you take your RD exam in New York, if you wanted to move to any other state, you'd have to retake another exam to be licensed in that, that state. I'm not exactly sure. I feel like that's something we all learn as we go along right. like when it comes yeah. closer to the exam. And that's something I really need to like discuss with my directors because I don't know a lot about the exam. Like in my DPD program, we didn't right. really talk about it. We haven't really much. discussed it much either because you focus so yeah. much on getting into a DI program. So yeah. It's like, like a director's problem. <laughs> yeah. It's not your teacher's problem. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, so basically you take the exam and stuff and you pass that, yay, and then you get your jobs mm-hmm. and everything, but you we're still not done there. We yeah, have to no. do continuing education. It's 15 hours for every five years or something like that? They told me, I don't, it might be different in your state, but True. for us, it's 75 credits every five years. Okay, so maybe it's different with credits and hours and, yeah, so. Probably um, varies. Right, but this could be things along the line of going to conferences, couple of hour courses that you can take through different programs and stuff. Because I went to a conference on microbiome, gut health and like everything like that last summer with my internship mm-hmm. and everyone that I was there with that were already RDs and stuff, they were using it towards their continuing hours. For me, obviously I was just there for like the heck of it. I was just wanted to tag along and see what it was like pretty much. Yeah. But they were able to get, I think it was like three hours out of that like full day, 12 hour conference or something like that. And so it's not always just like sitting in a classroom. I just want to make that a point to yeah. people like you're not sitting in a classroom for the rest of your life. It's there's very different ways of doing it. And you could like either read books and take exams on different books and like things like that. There's also things like if you want to specialize in a certain area of dietetics, you can get your specialization certificate or yeah and that will give you your credits for the five years and you just have to renew your license every time and then you're done for the whole five years so right that's like an easy way to do it if you're willing to put the hours in because to get the license you have or the cer- certificate whatever it is um right. you have to complete a certain amount of hours in the field in that specialization and then take an exam and then get your credits. Exactly. And that's something just like with our sports, like there's a certification mm -hmm. for like the sports dietitian and stuff. So 
that's one of the things. I'm glad you mentioned that. There's also, um, have you ever heard of Fancy? Is that the conference out um, in like Colorado or something like that? They have it in a different place every year, but it's basically like an expo, like a nutrition yes, and dietetic expo. It. And right. you can go to, like, it's probably like a weekend thing and you right. pay a certain amount of money to get a ticket. And there's basically like seminars all day that you can sit on, sit in on, but like, that sounds really nerdy, but everyone oh. who is in this program- I was going to say, we're all nerds program, about this anyways. <laughs> yeah, you're like obsessed with the topics anyway. So you just pick the topics you like, sit in like an hour seminar, get your credits and enjoy your day wherever- right. Exactly. And I do that. A lot of companies, like the company that I interned with and stuff, and I'm working with them this summer as well, but they take their dietitians and they do it as like a team. So it's not something that you necessarily, depending on where you work, of course, but it's not something that you have to do on your own all the time because everyone that you're working with is having to keep up that continuing education anyways. So it's it's more fun almost, I would say, which that's also a nerdy thing to say about like going to expos and stuff being fun. But like we just said, like we're obsessed with it anyways. Totally. And I feel like that's just a huge point. Like this job is something you need to be passionate about. Like if you don't have like a dying, overwhelming passion for this career, you won't survive in it because you'll just want to switch career paths. Number one, you're not getting compensated the way you're going to want to get compensated. Uh, We're working on the salary situation. I know there's (laughs) a lot of legal things going on and in the works to get us a higher paying salary. But as of right now, it's it's pretty average based and you really need to be dedicated and just love it and live it and breathe it to really like throw yourself into it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's so much work too. And just to be able to stay motivated to even want to finish all the education that's required for it and continue to like help your clients. Like you don't see your clients on a daily basis and that's it. Like you go home and you're still working on their meal plans. You're looking at their lab reports that you just got back or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like it's, it's nonstop. And it's like, not just an office job talking to people in the, in the office. Like it's something that you have to really want to do all the time. And it's just helping people too. Like that's one of the main reasons I think I ever like even looked into the healthcare field. Like I just want to help people. And then the fact that I can do it with food, how fun is that? Like, Oh yeah. Right. And it's such a fun and exciting topic. Do you know how many times I will go out to the grocery store and run into someone and they're like, what should I eat? What do you eat every day? Like, People love it. And especially now after quarantine, everyone is so into health and fitness, right. and fitness. And, you know, this, this field is really going to grow really fast. So um, just playing devil's ad- advocate, it sounds like a lot of work. And if you're really not interested, it's probably not for you. But at the same time, if you show like somewhat of an interest and you, and you just need that push to get into the field, go do it. Yeah, There's nothing just, stopping you and you can do it. Just take the leap. That's like all you really have to do. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Exactly. Okay. So I just want to see what your best tip for like people or best advice for anyone that's like wanting to, like you just said, jumping into it, which is amazing. Like just telling people to just take that leap and stuff like that's advice on its own, but any like advice to tell someone that's either just starting college, that's starting to study it, that thinks they might be interested and they have no idea. Maybe like, I don't know. What is your best advice for someone exploring? Yeah. Confused. Exactly. There you go. For someone who totally changed career directions, like I didn't even get a job in business. I just went straight back to school because I just knew it was for me. So I was a little more like 100% sure on it. For someone who's confused and you're in college, go into it undecided. Do not declare a major and rush through a major because I did it and I regret it instantly. 
Right. Don't feel that pressure to have it all figured out when you're 18 years old. Like you might not know what you want to do and that's okay, but don't waste years, you know, trying to figure it out when you're on this direct path with something else. Oh, Go in undecided, take classes. If you enjoy a nutrition class, maybe that's for you. Like maybe this is the field like you belong in. And you know, when you get to that point, like I know when I started my DPD program and we actually got into the nutrition courses, I was like, this is where I belong. Like I'm excelling. I'm loving it. I love school, which I never used to say. Right. Yeah. To anyone who loves are, school, I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the classes are actually fun. Like when you're enjoy yeah. going to class to learn about it, like, oh my gosh, it makes it so much easier too. Mm-hmm. So fun. And it's very interactive. You don't have to just sit at a desk in class all day. You could go to a cooking lab and do a cooking class. Like you have to learn all these aspects behind nutrition that just make you a well-rounded dietitian in the future. Right. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're someone who's kind of stuck and, and are interested, just take a class, take nutrition 101 and learn the basics. And that's kind of where you'll, you'll notice like, Oh, this is for me. Oh, maybe, maybe it's not sure. for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. No, I love that. I think that's great. And I love that you just said that like classes aren't the normal classes in our field. Like in, mm-hmm. especially when you get into those DPD courses, like one of mine was public health nutrition. I took last semester or in the fall. So last year, last the first semester mm-hmm. and my class mainly, we met maybe five times. And what I did for that class is I did health fairs and ran physical activity and nutrition health fairs for like elementary school students, like, and I, so I went to different schools around and a group of us just went and that's, that was what, that was what our class was. And it was so much fun. And it just made learning the information like even more fun. So if you can even get into a class that has something that's more like immerses you into the topic rather than just reading a textbook about it, it really like shows if you're truly passionate about it. I think that's another thing too. Like it definitely is a requirement that you have to you know, involve yourself in the field because of the volunteer hours and the possible work experience, but that's only going to help you in class. Like, I remember, like, I'm totally trying to be humble right now, but I remember sitting in my MNT class for the first time, and I knew so much in comparison to people who had never worked in a hospital, and I was like, wow, like, this is what it is. Like, I know this, like, the back of my hand, because Mm -hmm. I work next to registered dietitians in a clinical setting, and it just gives you that leg up. Your teachers notice. They, you know, they see that you're interested. They see how involved you are. And you can talk about that experience right. with them. And that's another thing I definitely want to bring up is recommendation letters from teachers. Oh Be gosh, nice yes. to your teachers. <laughs> oh Be nice gosh, to yes. them <laughs> because yeah. you're going to need some letters. So definitely get to know your professors. They'll always help you professionally too. So Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was one of those people in class that like, so my parents always love to bring up the story and I think it's hilarious, but like my freshman year of college, I thought I was going to be like that student that never wanted to talk to my professor because like they're intimidating at first. Right. Yeah. And so it was my first biology class that I had in college and I had the, my professor for bio 101 and 102. I had him like for the first full year of freshman year. And I was mm-hmm. one of those students that like, if I had a question, I just learned to not hesitate at all. And I would just shoot an email and be like, ask whatever question I had pretty much. One morning I came into class, it was like an 8.30 class on Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something like that. One of those god-awful classes of freshman year. <laughs> and he looked at me and I sat on the front row too. I was a huge front row person because I got intimidated in big classrooms and I went to University of South Carolina for undergrad. So it was huge, huge one one classes, like 400 people sometimes. Oof. And so I would sit in the front, so the classroom felt smaller to me. And I always sat right in front of him. He just looked at me one day and was like, Alexis, were you feeling okay? And I'm like, 
yeah, why? Like, he was like, I didn't get an email from you last night. You must have understood <laughs> everything. And I was just like, you know, I did. I understood everything yesterday. Thank you. And so like, That's so funny. Yeah. So like talk to your professors and stuff. Cause it just makes the class like learning the curriculum and everything so much easier. And they're willing to help you. Like they're there to help you. They don't want to see you fail. Like they don't, they really yeah. don't. Yeah. To build on that, not only professors, but your peers. Oh my yeah. God. I, I stay so connected to the girls who are in my classes. Like now we've all gotten Instagram pages. We're all commenting and liking each other's stuff. Yeah. But like professionally, like having a network, like you need to talk to other dietitians or future dietitians because you never know down the line you might work with them or like they could get you a job somewhere or, you know, you could collaborate with them and build a business together. Like oh my gosh, you're yes. both in the same field and all dietitians, like know each other because it's yep. a huge network and like everyone's so friendly and it's really important to like build that network with the people in your classes because yes, you will I see them again yeah I agree with <laughs> that will see yeah the people that are in my master's program we have such a small program there's only six of us in our in like going through like our program together and we're so close and tight net and stuff and then even like with my nutrition by like stuff like connecting with you and yeah like other people I've done with the podcast and stuff it's just like you really realize it's, it's a huge network, like you just said. And it's like the relationships that you make during these times of like education and like building each other up and just like encouraging each other to keep going. God knows we need it. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a support system though. Like did I ever think when I messaged you, like just so everyone knows I messaged Lex, like (laughs) when I first started my account, I was like, help me. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. Like, do you have any tips? And like, she was so friendly right back. And you know, now we're sitting here on a podcast together. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's just the best way to do it. Just so natural and organic and just like, just getting to know each other in the field too. Cause it's, yeah. Yeah, I never know. I might be living in New York or you might be down here in like Charlotte one day. Like, and who knows? Like, yeah, totally. So, yeah, oh my God, that's, yeah. That's perfect. So I think we touched on everything. Is there anything else that you think anyone needs to hear about with all this? Cause we went pretty detailed with how to get here. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just if you're, if you're interested at all, you know, or even if you're someone who has health issues and you're like thinking about seeking a dietitian's help, oh, right. don't go to a nutritionist, go to the dietitians. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they know their stuff, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. Anyone who wants to reach out to me, or I'm sure you, you get comments all the time or DMs yeah. all the time. Like we're here. And the point of having our pages is to be here for you guys. Like we just want to educate. We just want to give our knowledge that we have just stored in our brain and like let it out to you guys because right, exactly. like, why not? We have so much information that people ask us on a regular basis. Why not just share it to as many people as possible? Exactly. Um, exactly. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much for just like diving into this with me. Cause I know some people <laughs> are going to love to listen to this. Cause I've gotten so many questions on it. Everyone's like, I don't understand. Yeah. I'm interested in it, but I don't know what to do and mm. all this stuff. And if you guys have any other questions, I'm going to put links and stuff in the um show notes and eatright.org is probably the place to go and i'll put it in the show notes and stuff so you guys can just click on it um but yeah and so i have three questions that i like to ask everyone at the end of every podcast okay the first one (laughs) is what is your favorite food of course oh my favorite food is sushi 100 percent or like a taco (laughs) easy sure taco literally like sushi and then mexican food are like my go-to like same totally they're so good okay second is what's your favorite exercise like type of exercise I am a hit freak so high intensity interval training is just 
like I'm a freak about it. My boyfriend says it all the time. He's like, you're a cardio freak. And I'm like, I know, I love it. Oh, I do too. I love to sweat. And I feel like when you do those types of exercises, you're just you like sweat. sweat so much and you feel like you did something. What's yours? Um, oh my gosh. I love a funk, like good functional training workout, like plyometrics yeah. or mm-hmm. just like a good run. I don't know. I feel like that's more mentally for me though. It helps me clear my mind. Um, yeah. But yeah. Those are my, those are my go-tos. Um, okay. Okay. And then the last question is what keeps you motivated to do what you do? Um, definitely just like my passion. That sounds very cheesy, but no, I'm it's so right. invested. Yeah. Like I never thought I would be in this place where I'm about to get a master's degree. Like right. I'm so done with school. You have no idea, <laughs> but I just love it. I, I really do like live and breathe it. That's so lame, but I really, I really, really do. So I'm the same. If you're lame, I'm lame. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. And I just love helping people and getting that feedback from everyone. Like, wow, you just helped me so much. I never knew that. That just gives me the push to keep going and going even when I'm at my breaking point. Right. In those like really stressful weeks. So. No, that's awesome. All right. Well, I want you to like, just tell everyone your Instagram handle or where to find you, how to get a hold of you and everything. And I'll put it in the show notes as well, but just give everyone your information. So I just want to thank you, first off, for having oh, me. This has been so much fun. I actually love this. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can do I should, it again. <laughs> I know. I should just start my own at this point. <laughs> yes, you should. Um, see, like, I just, I'm so busy. Like, I don't even know how much more I could take on. But no, I know. Back to your question. Um, so my page is Glutes and Greens. It's one big word, just Glutes and Greens. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I, I have some other handles, but they're not really developed yet. So the main page is just Glutes and Greens on Instagram. And feel free free to DM me whenever with whatever question. It might take me a little while to get back to you because I'm busy, but definitely right. will at some point. And I hope you guys follow the page because I have a ton to share. Yes. Her <laughs> pictures and stuff are so pretty, like so okay. pleasing and light. <laughs> and she's been posting some exercises and stuff too. So you guys can definitely you. benefit from that. <laughs> but yes, yes, thank you so much for this. Um, it, it's been great. This is like very good for my listeners, I'm pretty sure. So they're going to benefit from that a lot. And thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you guys again next Wednesday. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I love you all and appreciate your support so much. I will be uploading a new episode every Wednesday, so make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. Follow my Instagram and TikTok at Nutrition by Lex for more information and health inspiration.